Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm pleased to be chatting with Dr. Phyllis Schneck. She's CTO of the public sector at the IT security firm, McAfee. Welcome, Phyllis. Thank you, Eric, and thanks very much for having me today. What are the threats organizations such as governments, banks, healthcare providers, and others will be dealing with in the next few years? And what are the challenges of not only identifying those threats, but developing solutions to combat them? We look at what some of the challenges are. We face a very, very strong enemy, an enemy that knows no boundaries, an enemy that doesn't worry about civil liberties. They work very well and quickly, swiftly with their governments, often government-sanctioned, and they're very, very smart. So they're able to do very malicious things very quickly, organize elaborate threats. We've never seen an enemy like this before. In air, land, and sea, it was never this quick. You're literally at the speed of light. And now that we look at uh, protecting the cyber front, we at McAfee believe with our community that the solutions we, we provide need to be interlocked, meaning that to combat this enemy, our products and capabilities and solutions need to talk to each other. They need to have a situational awareness that understands activity in all kinds of realms of cyber, from literally volumes of traffic to types of traffic all over the world so that we can see, just like your body reacts to an immune system, we can use a form of global threat intelligence to understand where this enemy is and how to best protect every customer and every infrastructure in real time. And we believe that some of these challenges can be met by working with an interlocked solution that able to blanket infrastructures, become more aware, because we know that this enemy is never going to be 100% predictable. So the key here is to build in resilience and to be aware of activities all over different parts of infrastructures, because part of security is the ability to bounce back. And we believe very strongly that that combination of interlocked solutions and global threat intelligence will take this enemy out. For a Chief Information Security Officer, CISO, in six months, a couple years from now, what kind of technologies will they need to be able to tackle that? What are the technologies to help get a better understanding of the situation, awareness, and handle it? So we already do a lot of this today. You know, we started uh, with our EPO, which basically enables all of your data and understanding from McAfee products that are protecting you right now to be viewed on a single console, as well as opening that up to over 100 different partners so that data from their products and monitoring as well can be viewed through that. This enables a CISO and their team to immediately in one shot see everything that affects, you know, in and around their perimeter as well as internal to their network, what might be different? Because really today a larger challenge is not so much this botnet culture, which we can detect fairly easily and, and actually prevent. It's this advanced persistent threat. And I know the term has been overused, but what it really means is a very sanctioned, targeted, and elaborate by nature threat targeted to specific either people, companies, intellectual property, even countries with uh, either a financial or political interest. And the way to detect that, right now they hide in the noise. The two really strong things that have to happen to be able to detect that is, number one, remove some of the noise, which, which we do right now with our products. Uh, but number two, understand that you have to show a CISO in all in one view, in understanding, a situational awareness, if you will, of their network and things that are applicable to their network. So how's the behavior on different networks but that are also, for example, in the financial sector or also in the energy sector? Give these folks the opportunity to focus their brains and their teams on what might be different in that picture, on the really hard problems. And let McAfee products, as they're doing now, we mentioned interlock, your intrusion prevention can speak with your firewall to some extent, with your gateway, with your mail security, with your web, down to your endpoint. Provide that situational awareness to, number one, remove 
remove the noise, so some of this denial of service and virus activity, which is basically silly and we can remove that. And number two, provide a structured situational awareness, like a dashboard or a head-up display on an airplane and actually in some sports cars, where while you're driving 100 miles an hour or flying 300 miles an hour, you can get a better understanding of what's around you, and that will improve your performance and keep you safe. When you deal with these new approaches within the, your customers, your organizations, are you still basically dealing with their technology people or the CISOs, or is there a different responsibilities within organizations to assure this kind of protection? That's a great question because we have learned over the past decade, I think, as a community, that one of the key advantages our adversary has over us is that as, as humans in business, we tend not to communicate so well. And one of the things that we at Mapsity have learned and are helping our customers to do is bridge this traditional gap between the information security side and the other parts of a company or utility that might uh, support electronic systems, for example, industrial control systems, that, and the, the popular word SCADA is a subset of that supervisory control and data acquisition. We need those two sets of teams to be talking because those systems now are connected. We've connected the systems that, for example, regulate the amount of electricity that goes into certain areas or circuit relay open and close, even water amounts that go into components of a nuclear facility. We need those people with that expertise that run those systems to finally be communicating with the people that run IT systems. Because we've connected those industrial control systems that control physical kinetic infrastructure to uh, IP-based, you know, IT systems and internet protocol systems that bring with them all the vulnerabilities that we've talked about on the, quote, Internet. So in order to really protect critical infrastructure and systems that aren't typically IP but are now connected for efficiency, we need to get those two teams talking. We also try to get the information security teams talking with uh, the chief financial officer or, or one of their team because Typically, you want your security budget to be strong enough to support an investment that will enable you and sustain you to build a resilient infrastructure forward. And sometimes those budgets are just low enough that they can't afford to buy what they really need uh, and just high enough they have to go buy something. So what you find is if companies invest in what I'll call mediocre security infrastructure, they have to keep spending that money over and over every year, whereas if we can present a business case on the money you actually save and remain connected and protected, um, you want that triad of the financial side, the information security and traditional IT side, and in the, the applicable infrastructures, the folks that run the electronic communication systems. And we think that communication is very important because security has to be a business enabler at the same time as we fight this, this giant adversary. Let's shift a little bit to the government side. One of the big challenges facing federal government agencies is a move to continuous monitoring of IT systems as directives from the White House and legislation before Congress shifts away from the checkbox approach of compliance required under the Federal Information Security Management Act or FISMA. What are the types of tools that McAfee and others will be developing to help not only government agencies but others to improve continuous monitoring of IT systems to protect against vulnerabilities? Let me answer that question, if I may, in, in two parts. One is address the, the compliance side. The biggest problem in the, in the field of compliance today is that you can be compliant and not be secure. So we would like to see more effort put toward whatever standards and, and uh, rules were to come out to make sure that those standards, regulations, or, or legislation uh, enable innovation, that they're not so narrowly pointed that you can't get better products in there, and that they're not so overly prescriptive that they actually inhibit the innovation that would not only develop better security but motivate you to buy better security now. So it's a very fine line. There are a lot of big brains working on that, but it's, it's a big challenge because you want to make sure 
sure if you do put standards in place that they, in the long run, enable innovation and they don't put you in a box where, to your point, you check a box and say, hey, I'm compliant. Goodness, the adversary loves this because they know exactly where the other holes are and all we have to do to remain compliant is plug this certain number. So we want to fix that. The second part is, you know, what can we do with continuous monitoring and what do we look to need to do forward? You may or may not be familiar with the HBSS contract that, that McAfee has with the DOD. This is a fascinating solution to what I'll call a national and global security problem. You have the ability now with HBSS to have a large footprint of technologies that, although they were coded independently, so you have built-in redundancy, coded independently of different code bases within the company worldwide, you also have the advantage that these technologies talk to each other. So they're communicating, and that's where you get your global threat intelligence. They're communicating with each other what they're seeing on different parts of the network, and they can combine that with intelligence that we provide just pushed in from the outside and what we're seeing sort of on the rest of the weather map. You can build on that. It gives you the opportunity to really expand that footprint and expand that intelligence and plug the holes where the intruder might try to go, but also use that to build the intelligence like a little ecosystem, if you will, or a cyber immune system. The longer it runs, the way that it is, the smarter it gets about your network and certainly the delta between any common behavior and what you might be seeing at any moment. You want to build out this infrastructure as we've done with HBSS, you know, and even more so across other parts of the government so that you have created an almost biological system where every millisecond when one component protects something or sees something, all of those other McAfee components are now privy to that information that are protecting that network. Just like your body defends against thousands of colds every year and you only maybe get one, that's what these systems are designed to do, to push off the enemy and push off malicious, malicious traffic without it having to have a name, certainly without it having to have a signature. Just understanding what's good or legitimate and what is not well-intended or not needed and being able to defend against that and get smarter as you do so. And the more we can build on that HBSS footprint, the stronger we get. Again, we want to take out that enemy. Are security systems today moving into the future becoming more intelligent as you characterize it as a biological system? I believe that they are. I do know that we led this space in terms of bringing out global threat intelligence. So this goes back to uh, 15 years when McAfee's first system, which at that time was called Artemis, was able to understand, literally tag malware by making a hash of it and knew where it was on the planet at any given time and who was distributing it. The trend is for more systems to rely more heavily on intelligence. Uh, signatures just are not going to be the way of the future because we don't have time to put a name and a pattern on enemy behaviors and then pass it out and block it. We really need to now understand what that behavior is because they are faster than we are, they're stronger than we are, um, they don't have competitive boundaries, so it doesn't take them any time, reason, process, or law to inflict bad things on us, and we have to respond in real time. You mentioned about how these threats are almost instantaneous. They, they come about unexpectedly, and you have to be prepared for that. How important is it for a company like yours to understand the enemy? so you can build products, or is that something that's really not important anymore? You just know some bad things are happening, and you just got to figure out best way to deal with the bad stuff. I believe strongly that people are working and need to understand the enemy. McAfee, it's in our culture to be passionate about protecting our customers and to protect people 
and physical infrastructure, you have to understand what that threat is. That's why we led that investigation that brought out the Aurora attack, the one that was publicized by Google with the Chinese. But machines, machines don't have time to understand. What machines, machines don't actually, they're not even smart. What machines are, are fast. So we use machines to calculate literally terabytes of data to make a decision in a millisecond. That's something a human can't do, but that's something a machine must do to reject a piece of traffic. And because a machine lacks a human brain to make a sort of cognitive correlation, if you will, on where that traffic has been and who's bringing it in and what the risk probability is of accepting it, the machine analyzes a lot of data and then provides its results back with speed. Concurrently, humans can look at this data, whether it's in pictures or numbers, and do investigations similar to what you might consider are happening in the physical infrastructure. We can map out and visualize where certain malicious connections have been made. We can tie uh, machines together and identify, for example, what might make up a botnet. We can then use that to make better algorithms and heuristics that go back to those machines, that go back to the data. So it really is twofold. We also at McAfee uh, have a tremendous effort. We work a lot with government and private sector, and also uh, it's very important with law enforcement. I, mean, I chair the National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance, which is a 501c nonprofit based in Pittsburgh that brings companies together to bring the people, the analysis capability, some data, and agents of different agencies, whether it's the FBI or some others, as well as folks from the banking sector, energy, telecom, to bring under one roof some of that analysis so that the humans can get a better understanding of the actual enemy. We also have people that, that work internationally with our government and law enforcement to understand how that threat travels. And all that goes back into the heuristics that work in real time in milliseconds. Thank you, Phyllis. Thank you. I've been speaking with Phyllis Schneck, Chief Technology Officer of the Public Sector at McAfee. For GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.